What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, your founder of the Mitch Davis Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like and follow the Instagram pages by and Facebook page by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. And you can also head on over to the website at themitchdavisshow.com. And you can find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. And if you like basketball, type in the full court press as well. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of great interviews out there that we've done here recently, but today is one of my most favorite interviews I've done in a long time. Coach Rock of the Memphis Baseball Program, head coach of the Memphis Baseball Tigers, joins the show to preview the upcoming season. And I tell you what, if you take one thing away from this interview, it's the excitement levels of the Memphis Baseball Program. There's a lot of great things going on over there at the University of Memphis, including this baseball team who is primed to make a deep run this season and to really take the college baseball world by surprise. A lot of people are back. Of course, everybody knows about Hunter Goodman and all the accolades, but the pitching staff is in the best shape it's been in years. And Coach Rock joins us momentarily to talk all things Memphis baseball, to give us a preview of the upcoming season. Memphis will open their season February 19th, 20th, and 21st at home at FedEx Park. They're on the beautiful south campus at the University of Memphis off Getwell Road. They will open up against Northern Illinois. They'll come in here for a three-game series. And I tell you what, when you look at the schedule, it's going to be an exciting season for Memphis baseball. At this time, I would like to welcome Coach Rock to the podcast and also encourage you to follow me on social media, Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight, Facebook and Instagram at The Mitch Davis Show. We're also on the website at TheMitchDavisShow.com. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to The Mitch Davis Show, your one-stop shop for honest sports information for the everyday fan. Good to go now. Um, Coach, you open up with Northern Illinois, and then you've got Grambling, and then you've got a road series, a, a number of road series here in a matter of a week, two-week span at Ole Miss, at Baylor, and at Vanderbilt. Coach, talk about the importance of these regional <laughs> games during this COVID time. Well, you know, it's uh, – our league, Mitch, is, is, is basically – the AAC in baseball is, is – probably one of the best kept secrets in the country. And I say secret in the, in the number, the kind of arms that you face and the kind of lineups you have to, to attack and get out the kind of opponents you play. Uh, it's every bit as competitive and, and, and very similar type type teams that you have in the sec. And, uh, one of the things to really get us ready for, for the, the high volume of, of conference games and in a very competitive environment is to put your guys in position where they are going to face teams like that. Not, not saying that, you know, Northern Illinois, they're, they're going to have a guy that can beat us. They're going to have a pitcher that's on that day that we have to, I mean, it, it, there's really no, uh, in the game of baseball, there's really, it's really tough to go. Well, power fives are always better than group of fives. Uh, it all depends on that quality of that guy on the mound and what hitters get swings off that day. Uh, but but it is it's a it's a schedule designed to prepare us for conference play and our conference play this year is going to be very very good and and that's why those midweek games show up like that 
Coach, I've got to ask you this question, though. With the whole COVID thing, we're seeing it now with basketball. We saw Gonzaga and Tennessee schedule a game for Saturday. How much of that are you expecting? Because there are going to be a lot of turnover. There's going to be a lot of changes, especially in that non-conference slate. How prepared are you guys to make those changes? You know, we, uh, Mitch, we've talked about that with our team throughout the whole fall. We were we were very fortunate this fall. Uh, we did our little group work in August, uh, or the end of August and September, and then uh, uh, the first of October we went into team practice, and we actually went six straight weeks on the field, practice you know six out of seven days, without a single player missing a a practice day. Uh, we were and so we were. Our guys did a good job getting in the bubble. And during that time, we talked about how uncertain every day is. So relish every day. Um, uh, yeah, just watching what's going on in basketball and, and seeing what happened in football. You know, I've been on the phone a lot with uh, with Tommy Raffo, my really good friend over at uh, Arkansas State. And Tommy and I are on the same staff together at Mississippi State. So we go back a long time. And we're both kind of keeping each other in our hip pocket for – for when some changes may happen, you know, because of the proximity. Um, and, and we're fortunate that we have somebody an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away that is a program like ours that we can, you know, maybe schedule something with at the last minute. But uh, flexibility is going to be a key issue. And the other part of that flexibility is uh, the utilization of the whole, you know, we've got 38 on our roster right now. So the utilization of all 38 guys in the past, you kind of go into it and, okay, these, these six pitchers here are probably more developmental type guys. They're not ready to help this year. Uh, let's get them ready for next year. Now we've got to get all 38 guys ready to help us win on weekends and win, you know, some of those midweek games you're talking about because we never know one week to the next who we're going to lose off our roster. Coach, uh, talk to me a little bit about losing Danny Dins in particular to the Padres organization. Talk about yeah, him, that, yeah. to step up to replace him. Well, Danny was off to a great start. He, he was a uh, a guy we got as a you know he came in as a true freshman for us and 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 had command issues and worked like crazy and in the process of developing a more velocity in in his four years. Uh, he really got polished command wise and he got a good feel of his delivery and it took it literally took four years but he was off to a very very dominant start to the season uh before we got shut down and, and of course got recognized by professional baseball he was a guy we felt like we were gonna we were gonna uh, that was gonna have a chance to be drafted anyway and then when the when all the COVID NCAA rules came out and they basically basically said all of our seniors could have this year back if they wanted to um Danny was all set to come back he was going to come back this year and had, had made that decision and then the Padres thing came to fruition, and we all agreed it was the right thing to do and uh, to to go ahead and get the pro career started. And and he was up, it was it was he was kind of emerging into a okay. Here's a Friday night guy that's going to go. He's going to get us into the sixth or seventh every week against any, you know any opponent we play. Um, that's going to be a big a big challenge for this team. I think the the first opportunity is going to go to a guy named Carson Stanett, who was off to a good start last year as our Saturday starter um, from North, from Northwest Mississippi, from Northwest junior college. And um, Carson, again, pitches with a lot of confidence. He's a right-hander, very durable. Um, our, our guys love playing behind him. You know, he was kind of emerging and settling into a good Saturday starter last year. And then Sunday was a little bit of a revolving door. Um, we've got a true freshman, um, 
named Jackson Cothran that was very, very highly recruited that has shown, um, I guess the best way to describe Jackson is he might be a little bit like a Hunter Goodman of the pitching staff where um, very promising future is going to be a pro in, in, you know, we'll only have Jackson here probably three years, uh, probably as highly touted of a pitcher as a pitcher that we've ever signed here. Uh, he may get into a weekend type look as a starter. Uh, Blake Wimberly, who was settling into our Sunday start starter last year, uh, is going to have something to say about the weekend rotation. So there's a number of moving parts right now. Um, you know, the, the one thing interesting about the Baylor series, that it is going to be a four game series and that's, what we're going to play in conference play. So we'll get a chance to kind of unfold our pitching staff that week, like a conference weekend. Coach, let's talk about your bullpen before we get into the rest of your lineup. What, what's going on with the bullpen and kind of give us a little information about your bullpen. Uh, I guess some key figures down there, uh, Walker Brockhouse, who, who's a junior college player that we got uh, from Wren Lake um before before last year is uh probably going to settle into some significant role in as a in, in that sixth seventh eighth inning uh daniel casto is going to be a sixth seventh eighth inning guy uh bailey wimberly the the older brother of blake is going to be a sixth seventh eighth inning type guy and we're all we're trying to get the game to dakota matoxin our closer who was off to an absolute dominant start last year. And probably if you look at stats, you know, through 17 games, he was, he may have been off to the most dominating start, dominating start as a closer as I've ever had. And I've had some good ones. You know, Nolan Blackwood is now going to big league spring training with the Detroit Tigers. Um, uh, Matt Yokely uh, was, is basically broke the saves record. Uh, we've had some very, very good ones. One, one, one key piece we're going to miss from last year and the year before is Josh Shear, who did graduate last year and elected to move on. Uh, but, but I think those are some of the key names, Casto, uh, Bailey Wimberly, um, the, uh, the, the, the way that we use Walker Brockhouse all to try to get the game to uh, Dakota Matoxin. Those are, those are key players in that bullpen. And, and man, how, how important is it going to be to have multiple bullpen guys now playing four games on the weekend? We're, we're talking about playing 36 innings in three days. And and uh, that that's going to be a tall order for pitching staffs. Now, before we get into development stages, because 36 innings in a weekend is going to be insane, let's talk about <laughs> Hunter Goodman in this batting lineup because you guys, everybody knows Hunter Goodman. This guy is a local, this guy is going to be Big things like kind of like a Jonathan Bolin is now. Talk about Hunter yep, Goodman, yep. and he's got I think four or five All American, and you could correct me. I think it's four or five now uh, preseason All American things. And talk about the right, rest of the is. lineup and some names we can watch out for. Well, you know Hunter is uh, he's very very deserving. I've never never in my thirty six years, Mitch, I've never coached a player who who's. Uh, uh, has such a demeanor and and is so hungry for the RBI moment. You know, a lot of guys like to hit. I mean, hitting is fun. Hunter is almost would rather come up as most great hitters do. He would rather come up with runners in scoring position or with the bases loaded or, hey, put it on me than he would. You know, he wants those pressure packet bats. And, uh, and, and he's just got a – he's got such a feel for – 
Uh, he's got, you know, what, what it starts with with hitting is hand-eye coordination is huge. He's got that, but he's also got such a feel for uh, how to effectively hit for power. You know, how the, if you want to call it, it's launch angle. He's got such an, a unique feel of launch angle that I, I project him, you know, if he gets pitches to hit to be in the 15 to 20 home run range for us this year. Um, now the key to Hunter's year, I mean, obviously his freshman year, he started making some, making some noise at, you know, second half of the year. Last year, he was off to an unbelievable start as a sophomore. And uh, a big reason of that for that was because of the fa- the hot start that Ben Brooks got. And uh, Ben was hitting in front of him last year in the two hole. And he was off to an unbelievable start. And he's our senior shortstop, actually read, you know, COVID junior, but he's a, he's a fourth year for us. Um, ben, if the year would have progressed out last year, he would have been in the neighborhood of 10 or 12 home runs with hitting about 330 at a 330 clip. So the key for Hunter is going to be, can we get somebody to emerge to hit behind him where they have to pitch to him, where they can't pitch around him. And, and the guy that hits in front of Hunter He's got to be ready to to attack fastballs because they're definitely not going to want, want to walk the two hole guy. Hunter's going to hit in the three hole for us. You know, he, we we kind of went last year and year before hitting in three and sometimes four, but we're going to keep it. I want I want those pitchers to have to face him the first at bat. I mean, the first inning. Um, the thing I'm really really the most excited about with Hunter is how much how much he's improved his defensive catching skills, and he is a bona fide legitimate potential first round pick which will be the first one we've had here since i believe since dave anderson in in uh in 1981 the, the true first round, round pick jonathan Bowling was a second rounder so it's a it's a very very unique situation and and uh and couldn't be happening to a better young man than hunter coach let's talk about the development now of your team because you were talking about it 36 innings and four games what are you guys doing differently development-wise uh, with this COVID thing? I know everything's different with the protocols. But what's different about development this year? Well, one of the things we talked about as a staff one, uh, is we've got to develop multiple guys to pitch at the end of games. You know, if we like to let's say we let's say we're in a uh, in a savable type game in game one of a four-game series on when we, and most of our doubleheaders are going to be on Friday, so we're we're in game one of Friday and it's a one-run game in the ninth and we go to Metoxen. Or, or in the eighth, in the past, in, in the eighth inning, you, you go to your closer and say, hey, you got to get me six outs. Now, knowing that there's another game that day, uh, that it, it, it may lead to we can only use Dakota three times on the weekend and, and it probably need, only needs to be for one out. So we're having to develop a little bit more of, of multiple back into the game type guys. Um, the second thing is, you know, it, when, when you have a catcher like Hunter Goodman, he can uh, he can literally catch every conference game. He can catch all three games on the weekend in the past. Now somebody's going to have to fill. I can't I can't do that to such a valuable bat. For I can't have ask him to catch four games a weekend, and and also turn around and ask him to have the kind of offensive year that we that we need him to have. So we're going to have to find ways to rest Hunter. And that's, that's going to fall on. We got three other catchers that are battling for that spot right now. Uh, uh, COVID freshman, uh, Brennan DuBose has really improved since last year. Taylor Howell is really was off to a real hot start with a bat last year. And then Nick Jones uh, had a really good fall. And, and so that's going to be a big role. Um, and, and so you, you, you're, we're coaching a little bit different. And then, 
one of the things that we're going to have to do is, is our game is not meant to just play once every seven days. The way a hitter keeps his feel is they have those midweek games uh, to, to get back in the batter's box and face live pitching. Once we start conference play, we have no midweek games. The league's not allowing it. So we're going to have to adjust our, our Tuesday and Wednesday practice schedule. One of those two days each week will be some live confrontation, some hitter pitcher confrontation. Some of our down the line pitchers are going to face our hitters to keep their, you know, their timing, I guess is, a, is the simplest way to say it. The timing of fastballs and breaking balls so that they can kind of play a little simulated midweek game. So that Hunter keeps seeing live sliders on Wednesdays, like he's going to see on the weekend. So, uh, that'll be a little adjustment practice-wise on what we normally done in the past. Coach, I got two more questions for you. Next question is going to be a personal question. What does Memphis, University of Memphis, mean to you? You've been here a long time. You've been coaching baseball for a long time. What does the university mean to you personally? Well, you know, Mitch, when I came here uh, – 17 years ago from Mississippi State, it was uh, uh, I had just spent seven years in the SEC at, at three different schools, Kentucky, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Uh, got a chance coaching a College World Series with, at Georgia. We won the, we won the SEC in 2001, and uh, it was a, it was you know I hated leaving Coach Polk, but it was time to to go become a head coach at this level. And uh, the opportunity said you know at that time it was okay. The Memphis job is open. Uh, there's a lot of lot of potential there. The the talent in this area. I had recruited this area for a long time at, at various schools that you know other schools that I coached, and I knew a lot of the high school coaches here. Um, so that led me to I think this is a doable thing if we can find a way to keep the right kids at home. And 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 obviously at that time I knew that the facility needed some major facelifts to 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 keep up with the you know the arms race in college baseball, I felt like we could do those two things. I think I felt like we could recruit locally and, and slowly increase the facility. And, and we've done that. And uh, so in that process, this has kind of become home for me. Um, and you spend 17 years in an athletic department and I'm under my fourth athletic director now and my third president. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of, I have a lot of impacts on this athletic department and, and paved the way for me to, to have such a long career. You know, it's, uh, have we, we, have we won the number of games that, that I wanted to win? No, we haven't. Uh, we, we, you know, we face some challenges here that to be honest with you, that some schools in our conference do not face. And, and, uh, but you never, you know, I never let the kids know that we roll up our sleeves every day. We go to work and then, you know the the overall blueprint of what I just what I set out to do 17 years ago was impact these kids' lives through the game of baseball. Make sure they get a degree, but but maybe that for some reason uh, because the, of the time they spent at Memphis, their life may be a little bit better off 10 years from now. And that involves a lot of things. When you say that involves teaching the game, developing a winning attitude but it also involves impacting them as husbands and fathers and members of the community and, and you know, really trying to teach them the importance of giving back. Uh, I feel like we, we, we've done that. And, and we've, we have great kids in the program. Um, you know, for example, today was our off day from practice. 
so what we did is we, we, we organized a facility cleanup day. When I left the office today, Hunter Goodman was on a power washer washing off part of our wall behind home plate. We, they all had to spend, they all had to spend 20 minutes on, a, on the power washer because we we're, we're helping our, our grounds crew staff and our facility staff get our facility ready for the season. Uh, something that our players at Mississippi state never had to do. Uh, but it, it, it's, and, and so there it is. There's a, there's an all American on five different lists that's operating a power washer and it's 30 degrees and the wind's blowing out of the North. So, uh, but all those things combine, you know, the Memphis has been very special to me and, and, and allowing me to, to kind of operate and run the program, how I really want to run it. And, and as far as scheduling, you know, the administration worked very, very diligent with me on, the, the opportunity to put this schedule in front of our guys this year. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a fine place for me because my son pitched here was an all, was a conference player of the year in 2013. And he's off on his own coaching career, you know, now. And um, my younger son has a desire to some someday come here and, and help in some capacity as a manager or, you know, in, in with either baseball or football. So it's, uh, University of Memphis is home to me now and at the age I am and the point I am in my career you know you never say never but uh, this is where I want to want to retire from and want to you know because it's it's become home I thought it would be a four or five year run and then we'd move on to something uh, but we're very ingrained in the community here and we love we love living in Memphis. It's just uh, next question this is the last question this is a two-part question one how does the baseball program feed off of let's say basketball or football the recent success especially in football. We, everybody knows that Memphis football is now one of the best football uh, teams in America. And second, it's, what is the recruiting pitch like to go into these homes and now that it's on Zoom and everything, but what is that recruiting pitch like to these kids to come to the University of Memphis? You know, it, uh, when when football really, really started turning the corner in, in, under Justin Fuente, our, I noticed immediately the number of uh, – you know, the, the quality of our official visits and our recruiting visits just went astronomically through the roof. You know, I've got two spots on Tiger Lane that I that I own. And and so having having those and 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 seeing the impact that a good football program can have just on the feelings and the vibes you get on a visit. Uh, it, it, we've really we've really used that to our advantage. You know, it's, it's really neat to call a recruit up now and go, hey. You know the Tigers are on TV this Saturday. Make sure you check it out. And they all, yeah, coach, I for sure am. And it's 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 put us into more homes now with the COVID uh, rules and restrictions that the NCAA's put on us, where we're not even allowed to go off campus and evaluate, and we're not allowed to bring a player in to campus. Zooms have been the the, the way we've had to do it. So uh, we 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 have a, a little kind of a process, if you want to call it that. We uh, I I. I do a lengthy zoom call with the, with the young man and his mom and dad. And we talk about how I run the program and scholarship. And then whether he's a pitcher or a hitter uh, coach, coach McNichol, my pitching coach will do a zoom call with him to go over our pitching development plan or coach green will go over our hitting development plan. And then we'll do a walkthrough of our facility uh, with, you know, on camera. And, and it's just, uh, I think it's hurt us a little bit because one of the best selling points that we have, uh, when 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 recruiting gets very competitive is our people you know our our coaching staff uh, we we are a little bit more experienced than a lot of staffs at this level all three of my of our full-time coaches myself coach McNichol and coach green 
We've all been in the SEC. We've all been to Omaha and we've all been in professional baseball. And there's not many staffs in the country that can say that, that, that uh, we've, we've all coached or played in the world series. We've all been in professional baseball and, and, uh, um, and so, so we've, we've kind of seen both sides of it. You know, we've seen the, the pro side and the college side. Sometimes you get a better feel and we can, we can Im- and impact the young man in recruiting more with face-to-face visits than over a Zoom call. So it's hurt us a little bit from the standpoint of uh, are we really getting the message of what Memphis baseball is into these kids and their parents' thought process. And so far it's gone pretty well. It's gone pretty well. Obviously, I'd love to do it in person. Uh, but the impact that football and basketball and the elevation and the, the national notoriety that they get is something that uh, we definitely feed off of. There's no question. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis show. Good luck this season. And I look forward to uh, coming out there, hopefully February 19th, February 20th. And hopefully it's not so cold uh, like a couple of years ago. when I think that Xavier, yep. weekend, that Xavier weekend was cold. Ooh, yeah, that was good to go now. Um, Coach, you open up with Northern Illinois, and then you've got Grambling, and then you've got a road series, a a number of road series here in a matter of a week, two-week span at Ole Miss, at Baylor, and at Vanderbilt. Coach, talk about the importance of these regional (laughs) games during this COVID time. Well, you know, it's – our league, Mitch, is – is basically it, the AAC in baseball is is probably one of the best kept secrets in the country, and I say secret in the in the number, the kind of arms that you face, and the kind of lineups you have to to attack and get out, the kind of opponents you play. Uh, it's every bit as competitive and 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 very similar type type teams that you have in the SEC. And uh, one of the things to really get us ready for for the the high volume of, of conference games and in a very competitive environment is to put your guys in position where they are going to face teams like that. Not, not saying that, you know, Northern Illinois, they're, they're going to have a guy that can beat us. They're going to have a pitcher that's on that day that we have to, I mean, it, it, there's really no, uh, in the game of baseball, there's really, it's really tough to go. Well, power fives are always better than group of fives. Uh, it all depends on that quality of that guy on the mound. And what hitters get swings off that day, uh, but but it is it's a it's a schedule designed to prepare us for conference play, and our conference play this year is going to be very very good, and and that's why those midweek games show up like that. Coach, I've got to ask you this question though: with the whole COVID thing, we're seeing it now with basketball. We saw Gonzaga and Tennessee schedule a game for Saturday. How much of that are you expecting? Because there are going to be a lot of turnover. There's going to be a lot of changes, especially Absolutely. in that non-conference slate. How prepared are you guys to make those changes? You know, we, uh, Mitch, we've talked about that with our team throughout the whole fall. We were we were very fortunate this fall. Uh, we did our little group work in August, uh, or the end of August and September, and then uh, uh, the first of October we went into team practice, and we actually went six straight weeks on the field, practice you know six out of seven days, without a single player missing a a practice day. Uh, we were and so we were. Our guys did a good job getting in the bubble. And during that time, we talked about how uncertain every day is. So relish every day. Um, uh, yeah, just watching what's going on in basketball and, and seeing what happened in football. You know, I've been on the phone a lot with 
uh, with Tommy Raffo, my really good friend over at uh, Arkansas State. And Tommy and I were on the same staff together at Mississippi State. So we go back a long time. And we're both kind of keeping each other in our hip pocket for, for when some changes may happen, you know, because of the proximity. Um, and, and we're fortunate that we have somebody an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away that is a program like ours that we can, you know, maybe schedule something with at the last minute. But uh, flexibility is going to be a key issue. And the other part of that flexibility is uh, the utilization of the whole you know, we've got 38 on our roster right now. So the utilization of all 38 guys in the past, you kind of go into it and, okay, these, these six pitchers here are probably more developmental type guys. They're not ready to help this year. Uh, let's get them ready for next year. Now we've got to get all 38 guys ready to help us win on weekends and win, you know, some of those midweek games you're talking about because we never know one week to the next who we're going to lose off our roster. Coach, uh, talk to me a little bit about losing Danny Dens in particular to the Padres organization. Talk about yeah, him, that, yeah. to step up to replace him. Well, Danny was off to a great start. He, he was a uh, a guy we got as a you know he came in as a true freshman for us and 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 had command issues and worked like crazy and in the process of developing a more velocity in in his four years. Uh, he really got polished command wise and he got a good feel of his delivery and it took it literally took four years but he was off to a very very dominant start to the season uh before we got shut down and, and of course got recognized by professional baseball he was a guy we felt like we were gonna we were gonna uh, that was gonna have a chance to be drafted anyway and then when the when all the COVID NCAA rules came out and they basically basically said all of our seniors could have this year back if they wanted to um Danny was all set to come back he was going to come back this year and had, had made that decision and then the Padres thing came to fruition and we all agreed it was the right thing to do and uh, to, to go ahead and get the pro career started. And, and he was, uh, it was, it was, he was kind of emerging into a, okay, here's a Friday night guy that's going to go, he's going to get us into the sixth or seventh every week against any, you know, any opponent we play. Um, that's going to be a big, a big challenge for this team. I think the, the first, Opportunity is going to go to a guy named Carson Stanett, who was off to a good start last year as our Saturday starter um, from North from Northwest Mississippi from Northwest Junior College. And um, Carson again pitches with a lot of confidence. He's a right-hander, very durable. Um, our, our guys love playing behind him. You know, he was kind of emerging and settling into a good Saturday starter last year. And then Sunday was a little bit of a revolving door. Uh, we've got a true freshman. Um, named Jackson Cothran that was very, very highly recruited that has shown, um, I guess the best way to des describe Jackson is he might be a little bit like a Hunter Goodman of the pitching staff where um, very promising future is going to be a pro and, uh, in, in, you know, we'll only have Jackson here probably three years, uh, probably as highly touted of a pitcher as a pitcher that we've ever signed here. Uh, he may get into a weekend type look as a starter. Uh, Blake Wimberly, who was settling into our Sunday start starter last year, uh, is going to have something to say about the weekend rotation. So there's a number of moving parts right now. Um, you know, the the one thing interesting about the Baylor series is that it is going to be a four game series, and that's what we're going to play in conference play. So we'll get a chance to kind of unfold our pitching staff that week like a conference weekend. 
Coach, let's talk about your bullpen before we get into the rest of your lineup. What What's going on with the bullpen? And kind of give us a little information about your bullpen. Uh, I guess some key figures down there, uh, Walker Brockhouse, who who's a junior college player that we got uh, from Wren Lake um, before before last year, is uh, probably going to settle into some significant role in, as a, in, in that sixth, seventh, eighth inning. Uh, Daniel Casto is going to be a sixth, seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh, Bailey Wimberly, the, the older brother of Blake, is going to be a sixth, seventh, eighth inning type guy. And we're all we're trying to get the game to Dakota Matoxin, our closer, who was off to an absolute dominant start last year. And probably if you look at stats, you know, through 17 games, he he may have been off to the most dominating start, dominating start as a closer as I've ever had. And I've had some good ones. You know, Nolan Blackwood is now going to big league spring training with the Detroit Tigers. Um, uh, Matt Yokely uh, was is basically broke the saves record. Uh, we've had some very, very good ones. One, one, one key piece we're going to miss from last year and the year before is Josh Shear, who did graduate last year and elected to move on. Uh, but, but I think those are some of the key names. Casto, uh, Bailey Wimberly, um, the, uh, the, the, the way that we use Walker Brockhouse all to try to get the game to uh, Dakota Matoxin. Those are, those are key players in that bullpen. And, and man, how how important is it going to be to have multiple bullpen guys now playing four games on the weekend? We're we're talking about playing thirty six innings in three days, and and uh, that that's going to be a tall order for pitching staffs. Now, before we get into development stages, because thirty six innings in a weekend is going to be insane. Let's talk <laughs> about Hunter Goodman in this batting lineup because you guys, everybody knows Hunter Goodman. This guy is a local. This guy is going to be. Big things like kind of like a Jonathan Bolin is now. Talk about Hunter yep, Goodman, yep. and he's got I think four or five All American, and you could correct me. I think it's four or five now uh, preseason All American things. And talk about the right, rest of the is. lineup and some names we can watch out for. Well, you know Hunter is uh, he's very very deserving. I've never never in my thirty six years, Mitch, I've never coached a player who who's. Uh, uh, has such a demeanor and and is so hungry for the RBI moment. You know, a lot of guys like to hit. I mean, hitting is fun. Hunter is almost would rather come up as most great hitters do. He would rather come up with runners in scoring position or with the bases loaded or, hey, put it on me than he would. You know, he wants those pressure packet bats. And, uh, and, and he's just got a – he's got such a feel for – uh, he's got, you know, what, what it starts with with hitting is hand-eye coordination is huge. He's got that, but he's also got a, such a feel for uh, how to effectively hit for power. You know, how the, if you want to call it, it's launch angle. He's got such an, a unique feel of launch angle that I, I project him, you know, if he gets pitches to hit to be in the 15 to 20 home run range for us this year. Um now the key to Hunter's year, I mean, obviously his freshman year he started making some making some noise. At, you know, second half of the year, last year he was off to an unbelievable start as a sophomore, and uh, a big reason of that for that was because of the fa- the hot start that Ben Brooks got, and uh, Ben was hitting in front of him last year in the two hole, and he was off to an unbelievable start. And he's our senior shortstop, actually red, you know, COVID junior, but he's a, he's a fourth year for us. Uh, Ben, if the year would have 
progressed out last year, he would have been in the neighborhood of 10 or 12 home runs with hitting about 330 at a 330 clip. So the key for Hunter is going to be, can we get somebody to emerge to hit behind him where they have to pitch to him, where they can't pitch around him. And, and the guy that hits in front of Hunter, he's got to be ready to, to attack fastballs because they're definitely not going to walk, want to walk the two-hole guy. And Hunter's going to hit in the three-hole for us. You know, he, we, we kind of went last year and year before hitting in three and sometimes four, but we're going to keep it. I want, I want those pitchers to have to face him the first at bat. I mean, the first inning. Um, the thing I'm really, really the most excited about with Hunter is how much, how much he's improved his defensive catching skills. And he is a bona fide, legitimate, potential first-round pick, which will be the first one we've had here since, I believe, since Dave Anderson in, in, uh, in 1981, the, the true first-round pick. Jonathan Bowen was a second-rounder. So it's a, it's a very, very unique situation and, and, uh, and couldn't be happening to a better young man than Hunter. Coach, let's talk about the development now of your team because you were talking about it, 36 36- – innings and four games what are you guys doing differently development wise uh, with this COVID thing I know everything's different with the protocols but what's different about development this year well one of the things we talked about as a staff one uh is we've got to develop multiple guys to pitch at the end of games you know if we like to let's say we let's say we're in a uh in a savable type game in game one of a four game series on when we, and most of our double headers are going to be on Friday so we're we're in game one of Friday and it's a one run game in the ninth and we go to Metoxin or or in the eighth in the past in, in the eighth inning you you go to your closer and say hey you got to get me six outs now knowing that there's another game that day uh that it, it it may lead to we can only use Dakota three times on the weekend and and it probably need only needs to be for one out so we're having to develop a little bit more of, of multiple back into the game type guys um the second thing is you know, it, when, when you have a catcher like Hunter Goodman, he can uh, he can literally catch every conference game. He can catch all three games on the weekend in the past. Now somebody's going to have to fill. I can't I can't do that to such a valuable bat for. I can't have ask him to catch four games a weekend, and and also turn around and ask him to have the kind of offensive year that we that we need him to have. So. We're going to have to find ways to rest Hunter, and that's that's going to fall on. We got three other catchers that are battling for that spot right now. Uh, uh, COVID freshman uh, Brennan Dubose has really improved since last year. Taylor Howell is really was off to a real hot start with a bat last year, and then Nick Jones uh, had a really good fall, and, and so that's going to be a big role. Um, and and so you you you're we're coaching a little bit different, and then one of the things that we're going to have to do is is our game is not meant to just play once every seven days the way a hitter keeps his feel is they have those midweek games uh to to get back in the batter's box and face live pitching once we start conference play we have no midweek games the league's not allowing it so we're going to have to adjust our our tuesday and wednesday practice schedule one of those two days each week will be some live confrontation some hitter pitcher confrontation some of our down the line pitchers are going to face our hitters to keep their, you know, their timing, I guess is, a, is the simplest way to say it, the timing of fastballs and breaking balls so that they can kind of play a little simulated midweek game so that Hunter keeps seeing live sliders on Wednesdays like he's going to see on the weekend. So uh, that'll be a little adjustment practice-wise than what we normally done in the past. 
Coach, I got two more questions for you. Next question is going to be a personal question. What does Memphis, University of Memphis, mean to you? You've been here a long time. You've been coaching baseball for a long time. What does the university mean to you personally? Well, you know, Mitch, when I came here uh, 17 years ago from Mississippi State, it was uh, uh, I had just spent seven years in the SEC at, at three different schools, Kentucky, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Uh, got a chance coaching the College World Series with, at Georgia. We won the, we won the SEC in 2001, and uh, it was a, it was you know I hated leaving Coach Polk, but it was time to to go become a head coach at this level. And uh, the opportunity said you know at that time it was okay. The Memphis job is open. Uh, there's a lot of lot of potential there. The the talent in this area. I had recruited this area for a long time at, at various schools. That, you know, other schools that I coached and I knew a lot of the high school coaches here. Um, so that led me to, I think this is a doable thing. If we can find a way to keep the right kids at home. And, and, and obviously at that time, I knew that the facility needed some major facelifts to, to, to keep up with the, you know, the arms race in college baseball. I felt like we could do those two things. I think I felt like we could recruit locally and, and slowly increase the facility. And, and we've done that. And uh, so in that process, this has kind of become home for me. Um, and you spend 17 years in an athletic department and I'm under my fourth athletic director now and my third president. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of, I have a lot of impacts on this athletic department and, and paved the way for me to, to have such a long career. You know, it's, uh, have we have we won the number of games that, that I wanted to win? No, we haven't. Uh, we we you know we face some challenges here that, to be honest with you, that some schools in our conference do not face. And and uh, but you never you know I never let the kids know that we roll up our sleeves every day. We go to work and then, you know the the overall blueprint of what I just what I set out to do 17 years ago was, impact these kids' lives through the game of baseball. Make sure they get a degree, but but. Maybe that for some reason, uh, because the, of the time they spent at Memphis, their life may be a little bit better off 10 years from now. And that involves a lot of things when you say that it involves teaching the game, developing a winning attitude, but it also involves impacting them as husbands and fathers and members of the community and, and you know, really trying to teach them the importance of giving back. Uh, I feel like we, we, we've done that and, and we've, we have great kids in the program, um, you know, for example, today was our off day from practice. Uh, so what we did is we, we we organized a facility cleanup day. When I left the office today, Hunter Goodman was on a power washer washing off part of our wall behind home plate. We, they all had to spend they all had to spend 20 minutes on a, on the power washer because we we're we're helping our our grounds crew staff and our facility staff get our facility ready for the season. Uh, something that our players at Mississippi State never had to do. Uh, but it, it, it's and, and so there it is. There's a there's an all American on five different lists that's operating a power washer and it's 30 degrees and the wind's blowing out of the north. So, uh, but all those things combined, you know, the, Memphis has been very special to me and allowing me to to kind of operate and run the program how I really want to run it. And and as far as scheduling, you know, the administration worked very very diligent with me on the the opportunity to put this schedule in front of our guys this year. 
Um, it, you know, it's, it's a fine place for me because my son pitched here was an all, was a conference player of the year in 2013. And he's off on his own coaching career, you know, now. And, um, my younger son has a desire to some, someday come here and, and help in some capacity as a manager or, you know, in, in with either baseball or football. So it's, uh, University of Memphis is home to me now. And at the age I am and the point I am in my career, you know, you never say never, but uh, this is where I want to want to retire from and want to, you know, because it's it's become home. I thought it would be a four or five year run and then we'd move on to something. Uh, but we're very ingrained in the community here and we love we love living in Memphis. It's just uh, next question. This is the last question. This is a two part question. One, how does the baseball program feed off of, let's say, basketball or football, the recent success? especially in football. We, everybody knows that Memphis football is now one of the best football uh, teams in America. And second, it's, what is the recruiting pitch like to go into these homes? And now that it's on Zoom and everything, but what is that recruiting pitch like to these kids to come to the University of Memphis? You know, it, uh, when when football really, really started turning the corner in, in, under Justin Fuente, our, I noticed immediately the number of uh, – you know, the, the quality of our official visits and our recruiting visits just went astronomically through the roof. You know, I've got two spots on Tiger Lane that I that I own. And and, and so having having those and 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 seeing the impact that a good football program can have just on the feelings and the vibes you get on a visit. Uh, it, it, we've really we've really used that to our advantage. You know, it's, it's really neat to call a recruit up now and go, hey. You know the Tigers are on TV this Saturday. Make sure you check it out. And they all, yeah, coach, I for sure am. And it's 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 put us into more homes now with the COVID uh, rules and restrictions that the NCAA's put on us, where we're not even allowed to go off campus and evaluate, and we're not allowed to bring a player in to campus. Zooms have been the the, the way we've had to do it. So uh, we 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 have a, a little kind of a process, if you want to call it that. We uh, I I. I do a lengthy zoom call with the, with the young man and his mom and dad. And we talk about how I run the program and scholarship. And then whether he's a pitcher or a hitter uh, coach, coach McNichol, my pitching coach will do a zoom call with him to go over our pitching development plan or coach green will go over our hitting development plan. And then we'll do a walkthrough of our facility uh, with, you know, on camera. And, and it's just, uh, I think it's hurt us a little bit because one of the best selling points that we have, uh, when 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 recruiting gets very competitive is our people you know our our coaching staff uh, we we are a little bit more experienced than a lot of staffs at this level all three of my of our full-time coaches myself coach McNichol and coach green we've all been in the SEC we've all been to Omaha and we've all been in professional baseball and there's not many staffs in the country that can say that that, that uh, we've we've all coached or played in the World Series we've all been in professional baseball and and uh um, and so, so we've, we've kind of seen both sides of it. You know, we've seen the, the pro side and the college side. Sometimes you get a better feel and we can, we can Im and impact the young man in recruiting more with face to face visits than over a zoom call. So it's hurt us a little bit from the standpoint of, uh, are we really getting the message of what Memphis baseball is into these kids and their parents thoughts process? And so far, it's gone pretty well. It's gone pretty well. Obviously, I'd love to do it in person, uh, but the impact that football and basketball and the elevation and the the national notoriety that they get is something that 
we definitely feed off of. There's no question. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis show. Good luck this season. And I look forward to uh, coming out there, hopefully February 19th, February 20th. And hopefully it's not so cold uh, like a couple of years ago. And I think that Xavier, yep. weekend, that Xavier weekend was cold. Ooh, yeah, that you have been listening to the Mitch Davis show. I've been your host and your founder, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight. Like and follow the Facebook and Instagram pages by simply typing in the Mitch Davis show, or also head on over to the website at the Mitch Davis show.com. You can also find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by typing in the Mitch Davis show or Full Court Press, if you're a college basketball fan. Two podcasts for you. A lot of great information coming out almost on the daily. And it's an honest sports website and podcast for the everyday fan. A very special thank you for Coach Rock coming on the podcast today to talk all things Memphis baseball. We are three weeks away from the season, folks, and this season is bound to be one of the best seasons that Memphis baseball has ever had in recent memory. It's going to be a really, really exciting season that I know Coach Rock and the 901 are ready to get underway. February 19th, Memphis will be taking the field against Northern Illinois, and the season will be underway and it will finally be baseball season in the 901. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. Be sure you follow us on social media by typing in The Mitch Davis Show on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Also, head on over to the website, TheMitchDavisShow.com. We've got college basketball, college football, college baseball, and minor league baseball coming up, PGA golf, horse racing, everything in between. We're going to have it there for you at TheMitchDavisShow.com. Thank you, a huge thank you to each and every one of you for listening to today's podcast. And a huge thank you to Coach Rock for coming on the show today to talk all things Memphis baseball. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy your family.